Yeah, so number two. Number two is one that is underrated um, and it goes under the radar. And that is if you are currently paying into a pension pot. Mm. So if you are currently um, part of, let's say, your company's uh, occupational scheme or defined contribution scheme, Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance-related and all things related to finance. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yo, Peter, I am good. I'm pretty cool, man. How are you doing? Love it, love it, love it. Now, massive shout out to you, my bro. Um, and to our listeners, man, we're rocking on. We're still in... We're obviously in the new year as well. Or first, by the time people are listening to this, I don't know if the year will feel quite new. But Jax, you know, everyone has New Year's resolutions or whatever New Year goals and stuff. The things that you set, how have they been going since right now, now that we're six, seven weeks in? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, um, I think what I did differently this year around um, is I set what I call um, goals, but not like very, you know, we, set, we talk about things like smart goals and that kind of mm. stuff. But the goals that I set this this time around were, were more habit changes. Hmm. So like trying that. to do things and, and change processes and habits rather than trying to go for milestones. And so one of the things that um, I wanted to do is uh, start walking more, right? Start walking more, start um, going for nature walks and that kind of stuff. And actually, um, as you would know, because, you know, you set up the challenge, we've been doing a um, a walking challenge um, or should I say kind of like a fitness challenge where we need to cover a certain amount of miles um, over the month um, either by walking or biking and that kind of stuff and yeah I've been quite successful in doing it and I think I've actually created a habit of doing it so I'm pretty chuffed I love it I love it I love it now nah, man um, shout out to everyone taking part in that challenge man it's all about you know um, working on different areas of our life and health is one of them and very important because it connects to pretty much most other parts of our life in some way shape or form so massive shout out to everyone including yourself jacks on that challenge man healthy living and that but um i just even a shout out to our listeners man thank you for continuing doing what you're doing uh subscribing liking just supporting us on our journey man we're well in well over 100 episodes now we wouldn't be here without you so just a massive thank you um you know, at some point, we'll just remind everyone on how you can leave a review. We've got quite a few reviews coming in on our um, podcast platforms as well. Um, you know, if any of our podcast episodes has impacted you in any way, um, feel free to let us know, man. And later on at the end episode, at the end of the episode or during this episode, we'll let, let you know as well. Um, but Jax, today on this particular um, episode, we're going to... Just kick it back, and you know a lot of ha- has been happening in the in in the world, so to speak, um, where people's finances might have been impacted, um, or the majority of people are thinking how you know you know we can use our or spend or save up our money or invest our money in different ways, etc. Um, and as we just entered the new year, it's also it's also been a time of reflection, reflecting on where we are in this personal finance journey. Now, this episode is probably going to be a bit of a reality reality check and more so um, to really encourage people in the current reality we are in. And today, Jax, we're going to really be talking about some hidden signs that you might actually be doing better than you think you are. How does that sound, Jax? 
Yeah, I really like that one because the thing is, as as individuals, um, we are, especially in this day and age where there's so much information out there through social media, etc. Um, a lot of the time we are kind of anchoring ourselves towards other people. And I use the term anchoring and it sounds a bit strange, I guess, if you're hearing it for the first time. But actually anchoring is a very popular type of uh, behavioral finance term. And essentially the way it works is... Um, you know, generally speaking, we like to compare ourselves and we like to anchor ourselves towards something that we think we want to aspire towards. Um, the best example I can give you is actually a sales tactic, right? So if I'm about to sell you my car, Peter, and I say to you, um, hey, my car, I'm willing to sell it to you for, for let's say, uh, 10 grand, um, you know, I've already... I've really given you what what I believe is the anchor. So mm. then if I if I said to you, if you said to me, all right, mm, you know, uh, I'm happy to pay 9,000. And I said, okay, well, go ahead. 9,000 is good. What you've done is you've anchored the price of the of the car based on what I gave you, right? Mm. Um, and, and actually it could be even worth 5,000 pounds, right? That could be the real price, but you've anchored it based on what I normally said. So it's a behavioral t- uh, finance type of term. And actually we will do an episode on the different psychological and behavioral finance um, things out there that causes us to make certain decisions that mm. could sometimes be irrational. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Mm. And that's what we do with our day-to-day lives as well. We tend to compare ourselves to people. And as I said earlier, you know, um, when we look at social media and how exposed we are to other people's lives, and sometimes not their real lives, mm. um, we, we compare ourselves and we actually become quite disheartened and we believe we're not actually doing well. So I'm looking forward to talking in this episode about, you know, some of the things that you may not be considering um, as, as a huge benefit or something as a factor that can show that actually when it comes to your personal finances, you're actually doing very, very, very well. Hmm. No, I really love that, Jax, man. Because as you said, you know, in this world that we we live in, even more so, it's just so very easy to not only compare ourselves, but almost um, in that comparison, put ourselves down and make ourselves feel like we're we're not doing good enough. Um, and then that can also shape the way we behave in in uh, towards ourselves or even other people and towards, you know, the way we um, spend out and use our, our money, etc. Or think about um, personal finance as well. So now, Jasmine, let, let's probably kick off. We've got a couple of things. I'm sure there's loads of things, but um, we'll touch on a, a small number of things in this particular episode. But what was one of the first things that you wanted to touch on as a almost a hidden sign that you actually are doing OK? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll mention is the fact that if you are someone who has um, been privileged um, and has gotten onto the property ladder and you are paying down what is a repayment mortgage, then you are actually doing pretty well for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Why? Because it is difficult to be able to uh, save a deposit to put down on a house, first and foremost. And secondly, even when you have a deposit, sometimes your income may not be enough to get a type of uh, loan or, or mortgage that you're looking for. So mm. that's one of those things. Um, if you are paying on a mortgage, you, you're probably in a better position just starting from that standing point. But actually, it's a bit more technical than just that. The mm. technicalities is in our current generation, property prices, and we know property prices go up you know, considerably over time. There's a saying that property prices double every, every 10 years or something. Mm. So we know over time property prices go up and actually... Compared to our, our parents' um, generation, property prices those years were about four times uh, the average salary in the UK, right? So, um, you know, if, if, you, if you wanted to uh, save for a property, um, you know that you need to save at least four times what, what you're earning, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, however, in our generation, the average house price is eight times, mm. you know, it's eight times the average salary. Okay. So you can imagine how difficult it is for the average person to actually go on a property ladder, especially when, you know, banks or lenders won't lend you money unless you, uh, you know, you mm. can present 4.5 or 5 times your, your actual uh, salary. Mm. So again, what I really want to say here is if you are someone who has, you know, been privileged and you've done well to get on a property ladder and you are paying down the mortgage. So the mortgage has to be a repayment type of mortgage. What you're really doing, especially with high property prices and property prices going up, is you are saving a lot of money. Yes, albeit you're paying interest, but over time, what you're really doing is actually saving and paying down the mortgage such that when you get to a certain time frame where you've actually paid down the mortgage, you have this asset that could be worth hundreds of thousands. And you've just built up so much equity over time. Well, yeah, and, and that, yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing. And, and what people don't probably even realize is a lot of our parents' generation may have uh, bought properties and, and and paid on their mortgage, but a lot of them will probably stay in that property and pass it on to their the next generation, which is absolutely amazing, right? Mm. But for our generation, because we have bought property properties at such high prices, and because property prices are growing at more at a more faster rate what often happens is when we get to retirement age, um, what we can do, if you've got like a three bedroom house or two bedroom house is we can actually downsize, Mm. right? Once um, the children start moving out and once the mortgage is paid off and you've got more disposable income, you can actually use that income for something else or you can actually downsize and actually take out a lot of that equity you've built up in that home. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And you know what, even talking of savings, the process before you get onto the property ladder, um, you know, generally, um, this is, you know, generally, obviously people can be gifted, you know, bank or mum and dad or friends, family, all of that stuff. But a lot of the times before someone gets on the uh, property ladder, there's certain money behavioral habits that they've had to apply over a significant piece bit of time to build up the capital to then get onto the property ladder so again that also speaks to sign that you're actually doing fairly well right yeah well absolutely yeah we all know getting on the property ladder is very very difficult so if you've managed to do so um just again but just by behavior you're mm. probably set up to do well over the long term anyway mm. love it love it love it and shout out to all those that are on that journey it obviously takes time and when you get to there come massive congrats in advance but no Jax that's so really useful and I love how you almost um phased the idea of paying down a repayment mortgage as almost as savings because you know normally when you're thinking of that this is paying down debt right you're paying your you're in debt but to think of it in almost the reverse that no actually you're building up your savings yeah, and because the confusion is the fact that, you know, when people get, get a mortgage, it, yes, it is debt, but remember that it is secured on an asset. So net-net, the only thing, only thing that really is yours or really matters is the equity in the home. So as you're building more equity in the home, what you're really doing is you're saving lots and lots of money and building your, your wealth long-term in an asset that actually appreciates over time as well. And the reason why I'm really, really particular about mortgages is you find a lot of people and that do have mortgages that sometimes complain that, hey, you know, I am struggling to, you know, significantly out earn um, how much is actually going out. You know, if you're a family, if you've got children, you realize that actually the mortgage is quite quite a bit of money and you've got life to, to live, right? Um, and so sometimes people are really, you know, 
taken aback and, and upset that you know they're not earning too much above how much is going out, especially when they go on TikTok and you've got 20-year-olds making millions, <laughs> right? So so I just really wanted to make that very clear that, look, if you've got a mortgage and you are diligent in paying it back over time and you're keeping up the payments and that kind of stuff, yes, you will pay interest and in that kind of stuff, but over time you are actually building long-term wealth and doing much better than what you actually think. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you very much for that. Um, That's number one. We've got a, 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 a few others. What else, Jax? Yeah, so number two, number two is one that is underrated um, and it goes under the radar. And that is if you are currently paying into a pension pot. Mm. So if you are currently um, part of, let's say, your company's uh, occupational scheme or a defined contribution scheme and that kind of stuff, and you're contributing at least the the 8%, which is the standard, right? So 5% of your income and your company uh, uh, matches up to 3%. So it comes up to about 8%. Uh, generally, you I'll say you're doing really, really well. Um, again, you'd be shocked and confused <laughs> as to how many people actually opt out <laughs> of uh, their option, even though they have been auto enrolled. And a big part of that is the lack of understanding um, <laughs> as to how pensions actually work, how compounding actually works as well. And you know, we've done episodes on 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 the power of uh, compound interest, and also around. You know, we done an episode um not too long ago around should one stop paying into their workplace pensions um to cope with the cost of living crisis. But Jacks man, just refresh us on the importance of taking advantage of what I'll call free money when it comes to, in particular, workplace pensions. Yeah. So so the the, the key thing about uh pensions, especially uh you know the one that we're talking about is is actually defined contribution. By the way, if you are part of a defined benefit scheme, you're even doing better because mm. what you are doing is you're paying into a, a scheme that guarantees you an income for life um when you come to retirement age. But generally 90% of people are part of a defined contribution scheme, which means we are putting money aside and our companies are putting money aside as well. And it goes into this pot that we are trying to grow. And then when we get to a certain age, we'll be able to use that pot um, as our pension and start taking money out. And we have different options when we get there. But the key thing about pensions and what makes them, in my opinion, sexy, is is the fact that it has tax relief. So any money Mm. that goes into a pension is uh, is not taxed at all. So Mm. the way to understand that is every £80 that goes into a pension pot becomes £100, Mm. okay? Um, And that's automatic. And if you are a higher rate taxpayer, that's even higher. And similarly, if you want additional rate taxpayer, it's even higher as well. So great thing is that tax relief, the tax relief cannot be underrated. See it almost as a 25% gain automatically mm-hmm. um, on your on your money, which can co- compound over a very long period of time. So there's that element. And of course, whatever's in the pension, the way pensions work is there are um, and all it should be invested and often in a fund, which means not only are you getting a 25% um, you know, uh, tax relief immediately, but the money is also growing and growing and compounding also tax-free. So any returns that you get, whether it be dividends or capital appreciation or interest, whatever is in that fund or the assets that you hold, you do not pay tax on those things either. Okay. Yes, at the end, when we are around 57 for our age group, yes, there will be some tax to potentially pay. But generally speaking, um, and this is something we probably will talk about in another episode, 
um, the tax that you pay coming out of your pension does not undo the work that went in in the first place. Mm. Um, you know, the, the the compounding element of hmm. being able to put money into a pension tax-free and grow it tax-free completely outweighs any tax you pay later. So hmm. I would say if you are paying into a pension, particularly if you are uh, paying a, a bit above the 8%, so if you're putting 10% or, mm. or even 15%, if you're doing 15%, you're doing extremely well. Hmm. Um, if you're doing 10%, you're doing very well. And if you're doing 8%, you're doing well as well. But being part of a pension scheme and actually contributing money is a sign that you are doing financially well and making the right decisions. Um, yes, in the beginning, it may seem like it's not a lot of money. It may seem like it's not doing much. In fact, a lot of people don't even check it. They get the post once a year from the, 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 the pension provider. They don't even read it because they don't think a lot of money is, is going in there. But when once we come to an understanding of how compound interest works, what we know is, um, yes, maybe we, if we start in our 20s and then we put some money into our 30s, it doesn't seem that much. But once we get into our 40s, you start to see the rapid growth starting to pick up. And in our 50s, that's where the exponential growth actually hmm. really then kicks off. So don't be disheartened if you feel as if your pension pot is really small right now. Continue the process and allow compounding to do its thing. Love it, love it, love it, man. I highly recommend listeners to check out the um episode on compound interest it's also on our youtube channel woke finance i'm on youtube um such a good episode if you watch it definitely re-watch it again the power of compound interest and that particular bit that jacks talks about exponential growth over time you know after a good you know a couple of decades just the way it just starts going right up and um, but now you're so right jacks man um and again again going back to that behavior but if someone is able to contribute eight percent however that split looks or a minimum sorry of eight percent they clearly have been able to almost live on everything outside of that pension contribution in terms of the their day-to-day living every month or so um and yeah again you know it says about someone's uh behavior when it comes to personal finance as well because as you said many people feel like they have to opt out for various reasons a lot of it obviously financial but if you are contributing a minimum of eight percent brilliant man yeah and and if you're from uh, the u.s we know we get a lot of listeners from the u.s um and shout out to u.s man <laughs> also actually shout out can i do a shout up here you don't mind come on come on gonna, go I'm, go I'm, go I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout out a place called columbus because we get columbus. a lot of love from columbus <laughs> and we want to get to know you guys please get in touch with us slide in our dms on instagram email us talk to us leave us a review we really want to get to know you guys because you guys have been amazing supporters for a very long time yeah um, and we really and truly appreciate it columbus um, columbus we don't even know who you are like just let us know <laughs> seriously man because yeah we we definitely just want to sing you at um as well because we have no idea who you are but you always show us love from just listening to us as well we're able to see that um there's quite a lot of listeners over in columbus so yeah man just let us know <laughs> man how do you find out about us <laughs> yeah absolutely and um so so i i did want to say as well um that that you know with, with pension contributions you know talking about the us um there you've probably heard of the 401k mm. so that's that's kind of um the account that we, we are referring to in the uk we, we, we tend to call it pension accounts or sips s-i-p-p that self-invested personal pension and in america um it's the 401ks um but wherever you are if you have a tax efficient way of investing uh, for the long term for retirement if you're contributing towards that you're doing quite well love it love it love it now man 
shout to everyone uh trying to able um and doing that as well man uh jacks man what else yeah so uh quite similarly to uh investing through your pension account here in the uk um and a retirement account all across the world if you have a standard account or also another tax efficient account that you're also putting money in um then you're doing well right mm. so here in the uk we're talking about a stocks and shares isa mm. if you are able to put some money aside into a stocks and shares isa in addition to a pension mm. then you are doing very well mm. right um, you're doing actually much better than the average person here in the UK or across the world. I think um, I heard a study was done, uh, particularly in America. I think it was an American study um, that I think Anthony O'Neill, I believe it was, uh, I saw it there. He was talking yeah. about how the average person now in America, one in three, do not have £400 saved um, to pay for any emergencies if it was to take place mm. um so you know this gives us the scope of of how you know how things are actually going and i'm and i'm not saying we should anchor against people that are struggling mm-hmm. but the truth is the truth and again a lot of the time because of our behavioral kind of uh biases we tend to anchor um against things that we can't even achieve sometimes or, or, mm. or things that we're jealous of so we need to be very careful of that but yeah mm. if you're able to put money into a stocks and shares i say you know and take advantage of some of the you know tax efficiencies of stocks and shares as well here in the uk and you're consistently doing that year in year out you do not have to be able to put up all a whole twenty thousand pounds allowance <laughs> which is extremely difficult but if you're even contributing a bit of money every single year into a stocks and shares isa then you are doing extremely well much better than the average person and the reason why i like that because jacks we always talk about like the stages of building wealth right um for someone to be putting money into a stocks and shares isa um obviously you can lock that money as cash but then a lot of people may choose to invest that um which you know if you know what you're doing is you know a fairly wise decision but before we even get into that investing stage there's certain steps that one needs to have um so far um accomplished so to speak so from there you've managed to um, accomplish those steps you're most certainly doing well if you are regularly contributing to uh, stocks and shares there so yeah yeah i mean you know this this episode we're talking about think that the hidden signs that say you're doing pretty well and you may not actually know it uh what i would say is um there's another thing where if you if you if you have this then you're doing okay you're doing pretty decent which is if you have no debt hmm. right so it may, it may not be uh topical in the sense that you know it's not one of the things that says you're doing very well but trust me you are very well positioned to start doing very well hmm. if you are able to get rid of um consumer debt predominantly so debt that have high interest um are and are based on liabilities if you're able to get rid of these things then you are very well positioned to start doing very well well financially Love that, love that, love that. No, thank you, man. All of that disposable income that you can use for some of the stuff that we've just mentioned previously as well. So yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, Jax. Was there anything else? I think we might might have had one or two other things that we wanted to touch on. Yeah, there was there was one that always goes under the right radar, and it's actually not very popular, particularly in our community. 
And I actually spoke about it in one of our recent episodes when I said I mentioned it to a family member and she looked at me like, we don't do that. <laughs> That's dangerous. And I said, you've been watching too many Nollywood movies. <laughs> so uh, what I'm talking about here is protection. Or, mm. um, I'm, I'm particularly life insurance and mm. other forms of insurance, which I believe should form part of a foundation of, of people's personal finances. Mm. Um, it should be part of the things that you think about in the beginning stages, actually, because um, you know, especially if you were the breadwinner in your family, and you've got a family, you've got you've got a wife or, or and kids or husband and kids, um, you know, you should really, really be putting protection in place to cover for the things in life that we can't predict, but we can. What mm. I mean by that is we all kind of know that we're gonna pass away. You know, mm. it's not about when it's not about if we're gonna die, it's when we're gonna die, right? Mm. Um, so we make sure we try to protect our families should the worst thing happen, which often is death. Um, and also we can protect ourselves should some bad things happen, not the worst thing, but some bad things happen. For example, if we, we were uh, very unfortunate to lose the capacity to, to work, mm. um, here I'm talking more about things like income protection insurance, mm. which will protect you up to a certain stage. And the other example I was using was the um, was the life insurance. Now, there mm. are different types of life insurance. We do have life insurance that's often pegged to mortgages, for example. Uh, it's called decreasing term insurance, which essentially is the cheapest form of insurance that will protect you. If it was to pass away, then it will pay out um, to, to your surviving partner and, and, and your family and it will pay off the mortgage, which will be amazing. You know, death is not a good thing. Mm. There's too much to worry about. There's funeral to pay. There's all these things. The last thing you want to do is put pressure on your partner. Uh, to now have to pay a mortgage mm. having lost you as the main breadwinner so we've got, we've got to really think about that um and similarly you know um you know that, that's the mortgage one but there are standard term insurance which we just cover which will just cover you up to a certain time so the key word is term so you could take out a term insurance for 30 years and if it was to pass through within that those 30 years then uh it will be triggered and, and you would get a payout and then again, uh, income insurance is, is sorry, the other type of life insurance is whole of life, which will protect you. Uh, well, it's, it's guaranteed to pay out when you pass away, which mm. um, is it, not for everybody. In my opinion, it's not for most people. Um, but definitely, if you are someone who has a mortgage, I, I think it's almost criminal to mm. not have a decrease in term insurance uh, to cover the mortgage should the worst mm. happen. Um, and then there's other ones out there as well, but I think the two main ones I would say is income protection and 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 life insurance, particularly if you have a mortgage or to cover you for a specific term. Um, any extra like critical illness um, that can be baked into one of the other insurances. But mm. I would say if you're doing life insurance and you have income protection, then you're doing pretty well because the average person just doesn't have it. Mm. and uh, i i love that man and it's it's just being real man um you know stats would tell us you know in terms of the likelihood of x amount of people who become ill and can no longer work um and income protection is obviously um insurance in place to support with that should that time ever come and then of course life insurance man we're, we're going to pass away man so yeah, I, I I love that, Jax. And, you know, for the listener that perhaps doesn't have a mortgage or doesn't ever plan on having a mortgage, um, is life insurance still relevant to them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Particularly if you have a family. 
mm. if you have a family. So remember, not all, not all life insurances have to be pegged to your mortgage. Mm. It's just to cover you. You know, if you were the main breadwinner, think of it like this. If you're the main breadwinner in your family, you bring in the main uh, percentage of the income that the whole household is dependent on. If unfortunate circumstances were to take place and you lost your life, your partner has lost um, the main source of income for the house that the children have lost the main source of the income it could well be that their standard of living goes completely AWOL right mm. because um the income is just not coming in mm. and so we, we gotta really sit down and think about that and think about yes of course we would have gone right we would have passed on but mm. we, we love our families and we want to leave them in good conditions so um I think regardless of whether you have a mortgage or not life insurance should be something that should be at the top of the list when it comes to looking at financial products and actually setting up some sort of financial plan hmm. love that man love that protection and yeah, jacks man you know obviously why we started broke finance man there's just something that was not taught to us at all when we was growing up with his school in the home and life insurance is something i was it you heard about right you might have heard the the term life insurance but i didn't truly understand until in my opinion quite late man yeah, bro, honestly, like the main two for me that came quite late, I think in my mid-20s, uh, were life insurance and pensions. Hmm. You know, we, we hear about life insurance and, and we hear about pensions. And, and I think this is for much later on in life. This is not something I should be thinking about in my 20s hmm. or, or, or 30s. But actually, the earlier you start with any one of these, they're much better, right? If you start life insurance much earlier when you're healthy, the premiums you're going to pay, which is how much you pay per month for the insurance, are going to be very, very cheap. Mm. Um, similarly, if you are someone who is investing in a pension pot from a very young age or any sort of investment pot for, for you know, but mainly pensions because of the tax relief, mm. the compounding effect that you have for starting very young mm. is second to none. So um, mm. I'm so glad that now we have the ability uh, and, and, the, and the means to be able to communicate to anyone who's willing to listen to learn about these things without having to actually speak to a regulated financial advisor for example um the only thing i would say is if the, any of our listeners are much older uh, we have a couple of listeners that are much older than us and and you are reaching retirement age or you're you're you've reached the age and you're quite panicky as to not having enough for 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 retirement or you know, you're, you're about to retire, you don't really know your options as to how to actually live off the retirement money, then I would say it's quite important to sit down with a regulated financial planner or financial advisor. That's where they earn their value. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you for that, Jax, man. Um, yeah, definitely some gems there and hopefully some encouragement for, you know, some of our listeners in terms of just, and listen, because it's real stuff, man. If you, you know, match any of everything that we've been speaking about in this particular episode, you are in fact doing better than you may think or feel. Um, and if you are not on that journey, hopefully it's encouragement to continue working towards that on this personal finance journey. I think, Jax, I don't know about you, but the very fact that someone is listening to this says a lot about that person. Well, absolutely. And, and that's it. You know, the fact that you've either a, a, a long term follower of the Walk Finance podcast or you just happen to find us and, and, and you know, you know, we sparked your interest, you wanted to listen. It shows that you're you're thinking about the right things. And that's really, really important. And that's going to serve you pretty well for the long term, as long as you are not just a listener, but we also say you have to put things into practice. You have to take action as well. But, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to know these things and know sometimes 
these things are hidden. You know, you, you don't feel as if you're doing very well if you're just paying a mortgage. You don't feel like you're doing very well when you're just paying into a pension or when you've got protection through insurance or when you're just putting some money into a stocks and shares ISO or other investment vehicles. You may not feel like you're doing extremely well because of what you've seen on social media. And, you know, maybe you don't own the next startup business that you can sell for millions and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but the truth of the matter is actually, if you're consistent in doing these things, you will build long term wealth and you would be able to retire comfortably and that's something that we should all aspire for hmm. no absolutely man but now thanks for that Jax. um and i completely forgot at the beginning of the episode just to give a shout out to what inspired this particular topic um so shout out to a youtuber called james shack um who definitely inspired um this uh particular uh topic as well so just a massive shout out there and to our listeners man um just a reminder you know wherever you are if you are listening to this and have been listening to us for a while or even if this is the first time you're listening please please do just you know tick like or tick a good solid rating hopefully five star rating if you're using i don't know spotify apple Podcasts, and also go beyond that and actually leave a review tell us um how your how the these episodes are impacting you and finally download these episodes man it does us wonders on our side you're thinking how you can repay us and support us for the value that Jax and myself try to bring out to the world that's definitely one of the things you can do so we answer a minute of your time if you're writing a review and if not 10 five seconds of your time just clicking that five star rating and um, well hopefully five star if you think it's five star and give us feedback man but no we really do appreciate um you all out there um Jax any final words from you yeah I think I think we've covered uh most of the things um I think there are obviously people in different stages of their lives um what i would say is um again if you're doing any one of these things so if you have good protection you're you're, you're good um as you go through your personal finance journey and you're able to earn more than what you spend you can always uh adjust some of these things and, mm. and, and contribute a bit more so it could be hey if you have got a repayment more a repayment mortgage you may want to overpay the mortgage and that could be a way to accelerate your wealth even further even if it's just a 10 percent increase um similarly if you're paying into a pension pot hey if you're paying 10 percent and you can move it to 11 percent, 12 percent, then do so one of the tricks that i show some of my uh, financial coaching clients is i say look if you're putting 100 pounds into a pension uh, and that's what you do every single month don't just stick with that for 10 years actually how about every six months you increase it ever so slightly so you increase it by let's say 10 pounds so rather than doing 100 pounds you're doing 110 pounds and then by the end of the year you move it to 120 pounds and you slowly incrementally increase these amounts because it doesn't hurt too much but it would do wonders over the long term due to the compounding effect no absolutely love that love that love that man thank you very much for that jackson shout out to our listeners um all over the world and remember all Stay, 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 stay woke. woke.